I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse. And you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this. So if you have a service and you're trying to pitch and you don't know what value you bring to the person on the other end, don't start. Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Kate Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. This is episode 88. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening? We would love to know what you think. For today's episode, we're chatting about how to cold pitch your way to success, um, which I'm very interested to hear about, I have to say. But before we go any further and get into it, what are you drinking today, Jesse? Well, we're starting to get into those fall Mm -hmm. moods. So I actually picked up a six pack of Down East Cider, some of my, you know, my go-tos there and trying to hold on to summer yet embrace fall at the same time, if that's possible. No, no. I mean, I I'm totally with you. We've already broken into the apple cider donuts, which Mm, I actually have a blog post. um, I think it's already come out about the best apple cider. Oh no, I think it's going to be coming out the best apple cider donuts in this area. Yay. Uh, which, you know, and, and apple cider donuts pair very nicely with a downy cider, I must say, mm-hmm. although you can also heat up some cider too, which yeah. I don't think you'd heat up downies, but yeah, that, that sounds incredible. I am just sticking with, uh, tea, but it is a more fall-esque tea, a little bit, a little bit darker, not as I had gone to some of the tropical teas earlier in the, in the year with this, with summer. Um, there was like a mimosa tea yeah. or anything like that. That sounds good. But this is like a blackberry tea. So a little bit more fall-ish mm-hmm. for our for our yeah. fall season that's upon us. So, well, all right. Well, now that we have that important business out of the way, we're going to really get into uh, the idea of cold pitching, which I know can seem very icky for a lot of people, whether they get those emails or whether they have to send them out their se- themselves. So let's get into it with our guest, Naomi Olisoji. Naomi Olasoji is a brand and social media strategist who helps small businesses find their soul by identifying and creating memorable and identifiable brands that stand out from their competition and attract their most loyal customers. Being in business for just a short amount of time, she's found most of her clients through cold pitching. And today she's going to peel back the curtain on how to cold pitch to get started in your freelance or entrepreneur journey. Naomi, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. We are so excited to have you. So this is cocktails and content creation. So we, until we, before we get into it, we must start off with what are you drinking today? I'm drinking a margarita. Ooh, <laughs> go wrong with margarita. No, yeah. you cannot. I'm very basic. <laughs> no, I think that no, that sounds really good. And now I think yeah. I'm, I'm just drinking the tea right now. So I think we're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to upgrade my drink choice. Uh, well, that's. Now that we know that you're already a little buzzed for no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now that Jesse's given you a so short idea of who you are, uh, tell us about your journey and what it is that you do. All right. So my journey started when I was 16 by accident. Wow. Um, I started, I always wanted to make money because I didn't have money to spend, especially as a child. So I was always doing something. I was selling, reselling my clothes on Poshmark or, yes, <laughs> or trying to um, sell handmade cards or I had um, a duct tape business where I would make different wallets out of duct tape. I remember. Yes, I've yes. seen that before. So you were yeah. very industrious from a young yes. age. 
yeah, but I never thought I would get into marketing. So marketing was always something that was very, it was something I didn't do. Like I was very much in the product development stage, but marketing was something I hadn't touched until I turned 16. When I turned 16, I realized how big the world is. So that's how I got my foot in. Um, I've had a couple of blogs throughout my life. None of them major successes, but I did learn about um, the content system creation, um, the process of ideation and even just yourself to your audience. Um, I got really into content creation and strategy a little bit later when I had a Pinterest business. So I started um, affiliate marketing oh, for Bluehost yeah, yeah. oh. and Amazon. Yes. Okay. Right. And that's where I got my biggest start in. From there, I went from Instagram to, again, blogging. Um, and of course, you know, I've always wanted my own business, not necessarily working for other people. So I did dabble in that again with a hair care brand. Um, but after that, I really delved into marketing because, you know, you can have the product, but if you can't get it to your people, it's just kind of sit there. But yeah, so I really try to delve into marketing and the background, you know, because when you, a big problem I had before I really got into it is that you would search how to do this and it will give you um, a page to sign up for their email list. And then it's just like five steps that you could have found on another page of Google without giving your email, you know? So I spent a couple of years really understanding it. So I am self-taught. Um, wow. And sometime later, I took those skills that I learned. I did work on Fiverr for a little bit with very little success. Um, I did my own marketing for certain things that I've done, but I ended up working for free for a few people and their response was were great. And that was when I went into brand strategy specifically at that point, I was very um, specific. Like, you know, I love marketing, but brand strategy specifically, should I give the definition of brand strategy? Yeah. So brand strategy to me, I have a, I made a new definition because I'm not the biggest fan of. And we definitely want to hear it. Yes. <laughs> so brand strategy, I try to break it up or put it up like this. Um, think of business as a human. So you have the body, which is more so like the, or the body or the, the ribs, that's like the business structure. Then you have the clothing and the aesthetic, how they dress, their that's would be the um, the branding, like the logo, the colors, mm. that part. What I do with brand strategy or branch, what brand strategy is, is the heart, mind, and soul. That's how the business thinks. That's their goals. That's where they're going. That's their why, you know? That's why they exist. And I noticed there was a huge gap with small businesses where they would start and they're passionate, but they have no reason to exist. Or they would have their marketing and they're passionate, but they just just kind of everywhere. There's no strategy. Mm -hmm. And so through that, I delved in deeper. Just last year, actually. I bet maybe about two years now. I've been before, a year before I started. And then that was when I got to work with a few people for free. And the response was really great. And ever since then, I have been working. We're building myself up, trying to at least. And, and I ended up here. 
That's really refreshing that you talk, you know, because essentially you were dealing with a portfolio build when you were working with those people for free. Yes. Um, and that is such an important, that that can be such an important piece of your branding or yeah. you're building your brand and your business because so many people, they want to start a business and just right away charge people for their for services, which is obviously right. what we're out to do. Um, right. But having that proof um, that you can do what you're talking about is yeah. so key. Now, when you started off, you said you you didn't even have a website, right? No, I didn't. There was, and I mean, that is something that can seem like a, a really big piece of a business. Most of any clients, website, any website designer yeah. will tell you you need a website. You need yeah, a, you I mean, need even, a one. Well, yeah, I mean, even people on on social media are saying you really should have a website too because yeah. you know if social media craps out like it did. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but you found most of your clients found you through your cold pitching. That can seem that can be such a an art form in its own yeah. sense because I don't I can't tell you how many times I get like a cold pitch about something and I'm just like you know, <laughs> can you explain how this works in general and then what your process is that you that you have found such success through it? Well, I will say I can't say that I know the art because I would like to give a lot of credit to God because cold pitching, I hate it. I hate when I get it and I hate doing it. We all, yeah, as I <laughs> yeah. said, it's always like delete, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I don't um, like it when I have to do it either. Right. It, it's, it's a nuisance. And I think for me, I had to just be honest because sometimes we get so wrapped up in thinking, like, you know, if you, when you research about cold pitching and how to do it, everyone hypes it up. I've read a couple of books. They're like, this is, I made $600,000 in 30 days by reaching out to a hundred of the top um, investment bankers. And now I own my agency and I live in Seattle with my wife and two dogs. And it just seems so easy. Like the book is 193 pages and you'd think, oh, if I do that, you can get it. But that's not the case. I would have to honestly say, first and foremost, a lot of it is luck a lot of it is persistence and a lot of it is timing because if you think about it um, not everybody needs you and they will most likely never remember you for an email right so which is why people would say be consistent but the problem comes at least for me before I get get into my process um, a lot of business and especially emailing is fighting yourself because especially as women we are taught to be very not annoying and palatable. So especially when, at least for me, I, I try to be conscious of how I'm perceived in my emails. And, you know, I have a very, well, I would say feminine name. Like I, I think Naomi's, I don't have never seen a man named Naomi. So I would assume so. So I try. <laughs> yeah. So I do try to think about that, but a lot of it has been fighting myself to know that one, um, you may be annoying, but you also have a goal. And two, you're allowed to be annoying. And three, you have to push back, push past the mindsets that you have in most cases. Just don't be kind of stuck where you are, but just learn from it. But um, yeah, it, it was very difficult to get past my own bias against myself to actually send emails because for a lot of it I would go in spurts like I sent a, a blast of emails in February I didn't go back until June or July and yeah and 
a lot of it is a long time. Yeah. So then I just, all my other clients, I started finishing up with the projects and I'm just like, oh, I do need more clients. <laughs> what's next? You know? Yeah. What's next? So in terms of the process, um, for one, you, it all comes down to brand strategy, which is why I love it. I think it is the big bang of marketing because like I've been saying, brand strategy is your why, right? It's the core essence of who you are and why you exist and where you're going. So if you have a service and you're trying to pitch and you don't know what value you bring to the person on the other end, don't start. Um, for me, I had to realize that because I would start sending emails and realize I don't even really know what I offer, you know? And then I'm just being annoying. I have nothing of value to offer you. Mm -hmm. And I'm sending you an email that I, that I didn't get permission to send. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, just going to give me X amount of money. You have to have something that people want. And so even before you start thinking, how do I write this email? You have to know for sure who you are and what you offer. And how does what you offer benefit them? You know, we're in business, right? Yeah. The main thing, like people can say, like, I want to change the world or I want to do X, Y, and Z, but everybody wants to make money because if you, you can't change the world if you're broke on the street and can't pay for healthcare, you know? So essentially I had to ask myself, how can I, how can my service provide someone more money? How can I show or position myself to make people realize that what I offer can increase their income, mm -hmm. can increase their revenue, right? Because that's all business is about. I heard a quote somewhere that said, um, business is not about making sales. It's about making money. Because you can make sales and not make money, right? Because you can right. be in debt. You can oh, yeah. um, maybe just not fulfill the your budget that you had and you made less than and now you're in the negatives. So you need to make money. And I think that has to be the first and foremost for all of us. And like I've been saying, I've been learning a lot about imposter syndrome recently, because I think that was the main cause of me preventing me from sending emails. Um, but especially as women, we were always taught to be modest and nice and cordial and palatable. So when we say like, I want to make money and I'm going to help you make money, it's a bit crass. Is that the right word? Crass? Crass? Yeah, that works. <laughs> so um, it, it's very limiting. And I know I haven't gotten into the email part yet, but I think that's the biggest thing. I, you know, for my experience and people I've talked to, it's you have to be established in who you are, what you're doing and the value you provide. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of how to do that, I believe that you should take some time to think from the perspective of the person you're emailing. Like, what could they possibly need? Mm -hmm. why would they give you the time of day to think that they need it? What exactly are they struggling with? What do they think their problems are? What solutions do they think the problem, the, the, what solution do they think would work for them? How aware of a solution are they? Are they willing to solve their solution? Are they the type of person who is open to getting help? Because most business owners, small business owners complain, I forgot the, the specific statistic, they complain about time. Because most of them, they don't know how to delegate. And so you coming in, asking to be a hand to somebody, and they, they don't trust anyone with their business, how can you appease and 
that fear or how can you relieve that anxiety around it? You know, mm-hmm. you have to think from that perspective. And the main thing is, are you solving a problem that they have? And if you're not, you probably won't have much success. So be, and having said, when you write the emails, there are certain industries that benefit more from cold pitching. I can't lie. Everybody says they're like, if you do this, you'll be fine. I disagree. Um, I specifically work with people in the wellness and health, skincare, body care, um, that space. A lot of women entrepreneurs or creatives, things like that. So they're very homely. They're very, not homely, but they're very close to what they made, right? So they're not as trusting. So when I was writing my emails, I had to think, how can I appeal to that? When I was writing my emails, like I said, I had to define who I am, what I can do for them. I kept it short. Oh, I have to say, there was another part to it, another prerequisite. I um, have a certain criteria that I follow. A part of brand strategy is knowing who you serve and why you exist for them. One mistake I made was trying to appease everybody, where I would email everyone from different um, niches, and that's fine. I think that would work better if you had a social media campaign for that or that was your main strategy. But for cold pitching, I don't believe that would work as well. For me, I found that um, if you have a specific niche, it is easier to systemize your process. It's easier to find them. It's, and it's easier to find quality people. So what I did is I narrowed down who I was specifically targeting. Um, and I changed the brand a bit. I started off by revenue and then I went through age group. And for me personally, obviously, it was niches that were the most specific because you could be 13 and own a hair care brand. You can be 13 and own a wellness brand. Like nothing's stopping people today, you know? Mm-hmm. And I thought this was the best relevance for me. After that, I had a certain criteria that I wanted to work with. And that comes with working with people, you know? That's why I believe that you should start before you're ready. Because I started before I was ready and I found out that I don't like working with people outside the country because of the time difference. People inside the country um, with time differences because it's a lot smaller. Yes. So if it's around, if this time difference is a bit smaller, then I'm a more accommodating. But I noticed that it on both ends, it doesn't work as well. Um, I also noticed that I don't like working with people who are in college. Um, because they're not as serious. A lot of students, they are still figuring out their life. You know, they are in college Mm -hmm. and they aren't trying to invest as heavily in their business. And they're still, you know, maybe just dabbling or in the planning phase. You're saying like, you know, starting, I I agree with you with what you're saying about kind Mm -hmm. of starting before you're ready. Yeah. I feel like so often we think, we have to have all the branding done. We have to have the pretty fonts all set Mm -hmm. and we have to have like six months of content ready for us before we can launch something. And then, but, but what happens if you get into it and you know, you, 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 you know, and then you right away, you're figuring out, you didn't, you know, you don't want to work with this kind of person with this demographic, with this demographic, or maybe you just don't like part of, you know, a part of what you were doing. And now Mm -hmm. you've got all of the stuff that you've worked on. Right. And then it's not going to work out for you. So no, I, I, I think that is a great thing to mention that sometimes you need to do it before you have everything lined up because you're going to get into it and you're like, Oh, this isn't exactly what I wanted to do now with, I love how you've kind of outlined what you, you know, what your emails look like, but 
my question is, you yeah. know, Jesse and I, as I said, we both get cold pitches all the time. And so often they're, you know, they seem like spam or they're way too salesy. And there's, there isn't maybe that emphasis on how they can actually help you. It's more like, you know, they just say, I can do this, you know, yeah. this is it's about and, them. Yeah, exactly. And what they can do. Yeah. So how, how would you say that you have been able to avoid being that spammy salesy email that people get into their inboxes and they're just automatically, as I, as we talked about earlier, like delete, how have you avoided that? Well, I mean, I think there's no avoidance. I think you're always going to be deleted and ignored and, t- and be told, hey, why are you emailing me? That happened to me the other day. Um, he was like, I don't know why you're still emailing me. And I was like, okay. But if you're interested, I- I'm still here. <laughs> but I think there's no avoidance. But to minimize it, as odd as it sounds, send more emails. Cold pitching is a numbers game. And if you look at the average... Um, I believe the national average is about a 50% open rate and then it drops to below 18%. These are probably wrong. I can't remember off the top of my head, but probably below 18% for a click-through rate or response rate from then to the sales call or further conversation down to getting them for a client, which goes even below. So if I send 10 emails once, like every year, and then I keep on getting deleted or I keep on getting ignored. That's probably why, you know, so, you know, as a, as somebody who works part of my business is an, as an influencer mm-hmm. and, you know, they say, they say you have to send out like so many pitches to people before one person will even like email you back. And usually it's no, well, it's, <laughs> it's a funnel. It's a funnel. You're starting yeah, out really with, yeah. you're starting out with your followers. Let's right. say you have 10,000 yeah. followers and out of that, maybe 5,000 are truly engaged. And out of yeah. that, maybe a thousand are actually interested in your offer, but the, and out of that, maybe only 10% are ready to even buy. And out of that 5% buy. So it's really a funnel. Um, but, you know, I guess for me, you know, I, I literally just checked my inbox because I got a spammy email today and it's just like, Hey, I'm a real provider. Instagram. It's like poorly written. It's got like no sense. Like, I don't know what he's even talking about. Yeah. And the subject is, Hey. And so I just think that for me, if I don't recognize if I don't, first of all, if you actually end up in my primary inbox, because I use Gmail, there's like primary promotion mm-hmm. social. If you end up in my primary and I don't know, don't mm-hmm. recognize the name, I'm just going to like not even read it, likely. Right. Just like delete it. So I guess, you know, yeah, it's an it's a numbers game, but that to me sounds like an awful lot of work for possibly a minimal return. So how how can we start to think strategically about that? I think you were talking about, yeah, like finding out you know, really, you know, making sure that who you're, who you're going to be sending these emails. So there's, there's a lot of like sort of front end work mm-hmm. to having that success of an actual client res- or turn into an actual client. Maybe, you know, you can just talk to us a little bit about how, how that, how you can increase that success rate. Okay. So I think I have two things for one. I don't think you should send a templated email. I think there should be a format you follow. If you can show that you're more human and you actually put thought and research into who they are by mentioning it in their emails or engaging with them on their social media beforehand or even pitching through their social media channels, you know, so they can see your face. They can recognize like, oh, okay, that's a human, you know, 
and start a conversation, but be honest. Another thing is send more emails, but in shorter bursts. Maybe don't send 20,000 today because you're going to run through all your leads. Possibly send maybe 100 every other week. Think of it more scientifically. Like if something is not working, don't continue to do it. When you're writing your headlines, again, think from the perspective of the person receiving. How can you better it? How can you get their attention? What would make click? What would um, uh, um, catch their eye? You know. So let me. I just have a follow up question. So how many emails were you sending? Were you sending a hundred emails like every week? And where are you getting these emails? Like that. Just um, talk a little bit about that because someone might be wondering. Like, yeah, I'd like to start cold pitching. I think that's really the going to be the best way. But like, I don't. I mean, I have my my email list, but it's mm-hmm. it's done through, you know, like an opt-in type of situation. So someone that's just starting out that doesn't even really even have like a method to deliver an opt-in to build an email list. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing to get these email addresses? Just are you literally going like website to website? I used to. And I thought that took too much time. Yeah. Um, then I would go to stores. Like if I'm walking, I like to walk a lot. I would pass by. And I'll talk to the owner and I'll be like, oh, can I have your card? And so they may be expecting an email from me. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. I also tried um, Lead Shark, where they get the emails for you, which I didn't. That was my last um, major push, which I did not like at all. Um, I mean, I think it's a good software, but I personally don't like it. I think for me, it became a bit too impersonal. I think how I had much success was going to talking to people first. So, mm-hmm. was, know. so was that, is that something that's like uh, almost like um, uh, an automated thing? Like you could write your emails in it and, and you get the emails through it. Or is there like, is there something like that out there? There is, but lead shark specifically, I believe it's called. Um, they just, they find emails for different um, business owners or marketing managers for different companies, different sizes, and then you pay for credit and then you get their emails, their names and things like that. So you really, that's just for you to get the leads and then you do the work of emailing. There's also an option of, I haven't tried it yet. Um, There's also an option of going on Fiverr and paying someone to find the emails for you. People have done, and it's been suggested. Um, I am, I haven't tried it. So, but I do think it, it probably could work. But for me personally, I have realized that I would like to slow it down a little bit and meet people. You know, I, I think that's my best expression of providing value. You know, mm-hmm. you've been doing this for a year. Well, you've said you've almost been doing this for two years coming up now, right? What I've been doing with this for is almost a year this November, okay. but brand strategy learning for about two years. Yeah. What kind of so, you, so I, I love, I do love how you go into places and you actually still introduce yourself. And I feel like that's something that we've lot like people who are online based businesses, which you kind of are, um, have lost a lot of that person to person connection. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of success have you seen, you know, especially, you know, before you even had your, your website? Well, I was always very small, so I can't say like I made a hundred grand. But I have had about six to seven clients. That's pretty good. Yeah. And yeah. that was with not cold calling, I mean, cold emailing consistently. I haven't been pitching consistently, but I have found success, especially since a lot of it was very 
was very much built on relationships. Mm-hmm. Like it was very heavily built on a sense of mutuality. It wasn't just like, I'm making, you're giving me money, you're making money. It was very like, you know, I care about you. You care about me. And I'm here for the success, success of you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I wouldn't have found that if I hadn't taken a step back. And I say that specifically because I think I got caught up in the numbers game, as I said before, mm-hmm. and trying to grow as fast. But sometimes you, or at least I, have to just realize like it's been less than a year. And you realize that the quality that you get with the people and even just the experience is a bit different, you know, when they know you or when they trust you. Having that relationship with them can can make all the difference. Yeah. And it does take longer, which I don't mind. But they say, though, I mean, they say it takes five years to really tell if a business is going to succeed or fail. And, you know, you seem to be going on a path where in that five years, you're going to see that that success rate. I would say so. Just in my own time. I think that's one lesson I learned with cold pitching, just in your own time. <laughs> well, you know, that's yeah. another thing with, with cold pitching. It's, you know, yes, you want to be sending out all those emails, but yeah. also being patient when it comes to those replies. You know, as you said, you might not get a reply for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you're in the right business for this. If you're willing to be, I know me, I'm like, I want to get that reply right away and, and get that, get something going on. But you've obviously got that temperament to, to wait, to see if, if somebody's going to, I mean, obviously you're still cold pitching other people too at the same time, but you know, sometimes when somebody emails me back after a while, I'm like, well, where have you been? <laughs> we could yeah. have been working together this entire time. What's going on here? Well, some you know? people aren't ready. Some people. And that's you know, important yeah. to remember. Right. And I think that's the whole point, part of the relationships, because there are some clients that well, future clients, hopefully. Um, they said, maybe. Or they said, I'll have to get back to you. And listen, I'm going to have an abundance mindset and believe that they will come back because I am currently transitioning from cold pitching to more so building up my social media since my website is coming up. And I think that especially when you send out those emails, they may push you aside and like, I don't know who she is. But then when they see my name, they're like, oh, I remember if possibly they remember, you know? So it all comes around. Like, I can't remember how many times I've come across something from years prior and it's helped me or it was a step in the right direction. So when when you get an email from somebody that says, um, maybe down the line, Mm -hmm. you know, not right now, but I'll I'll get back to you. What do do you do in that respect? I mean, obviously you would probably send them like that follow up. Oh, thanks. I'll look forward to hearing from you. But do you Mm -hmm. follow up with them again? Um, I follow them on social media. So I like their posts. I engage with them. I comment. I also reevaluate if I even think this is a good client to have. Mm -hmm. Um, I had another one that I thought I want to work with. And I was like, you know what? There's a 12-hour time difference. And and we have to meet regularly for meetings. I don't think it's going to work. So I kind of just... That's important to realize when somebody's not going to work out for you in the end. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think, I think that's really important when you're, Mm -hmm. you know, when you were talking about, you know, figuring out who Mm -hmm. you want to cold pitch is, you know, understanding those nuances. I mean, it may sound like, oh, money is money. Oh, it might be a great client otherwise, but you know, we, we, you know, I've talked a lot about designing the business you want to fit into the life that you want. And if Mm -hmm. you 
if you don't imagine yourself being up at midnight, then it might not yeah, be. No, no, no. I, I don't, I don't blame you in that respect at all. Most of my clients have been in this country, uh, most of them in the same time zone. And I know when I have somebody who comes from a different one, I'm just like, wait, what, t- what time zone are you in? Oh, I've got a, okay. All right. We can deal with this, but yeah. That's a, that's, that's a big time difference right there. (laughs) And it's good that you realize, as you said, you started kind of before you were ready. And so that when you got into it, you had already learned, you know, what, what was going to work for you and what wasn't going to work for you. And I think that's how that's, that's an important lesson to take away. Well, Naomi, thank you so much for coming on the show and chatting about this with us. It's a very, it's a touchy subject uh, and you handled it very gracefully. So thank you. Thank you for having me. And wait, where can people, so now that you have this website, where can people find out? <laughs> yes. All right. So it can be found at weareboundlessstudios.com. Um, I also have a Gumroad page where I make Notion templates to help you systemize your content and social media strategies. Oh, cool. So cool. you can find that at gumroad.com slash weareboundlessstudios. Um, I'm most active on Twitter currently, which mm-hmm. is at boundlessstudios. And if you follow me on Twitter, you will eventually see that I'll post my first YouTube video coming soon. So if you follow me, then you'll be updated with that. Yeah. It's called Nay the Brand Strategist. That's my YouTube channel. Very interesting. We haven't had someone really direct us to a Twitter Twitter. page. They may have had one as like there, but not as like their main direct. So really? Yeah. Yeah, I need to get on. I need to be more on Twitter. Yeah, like so much fun on Twitter sometimes. I mean, it's fun, but people argue too much. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I think, mm-hmm. But it's a good, it's a good lead generation source. I have found people I reached out to, or I'm planning to reach out to because, oh, I just have to say one thing. Mm-hmm. I did mention it briefly, but seriously, if you want to cold pitch to somebody, become their internet friend. I have this one business. I call it my business crush. She, she's called um, State Your Mood. She has a candle business. Maybe one day I'll work with her. But as for now, I'm an actual genuine fan of her stuff. But I think that's important. Like support the people you want to work with. That way Great. you're not just some Agreed. random person coming yeah. down the road. At them. Right. Yeah, they've seen you before and they know, oh yeah, she's the one that's been liking out. She obviously genuinely understands me. Yeah, and actually take interest in it. Don't just look at them for the money. Like be happy for the success, support them, love them. So who knows? I'll just manifest that maybe we can work together with them. I love that. I, I love, I love that attitude, Naomi. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. We thank loved having, having you. you. Thank you. So it's funny because when she came to us about this, because she actually pitched us, talk about cold pitching. She actually pitched us this, this idea, um, or she actually had pitched us something else. Um, but when she said something in her email, I had reached out to you and was like, I think this is actually the show. Mm-hmm. Because she talked about how she cold pitched uh, to several people without even having a website. Like to have six or seven clients without even having a website, that's, that's yeah. pretty good. Right. Um, so, you know, that's why I thought that would be a great show. And I'm so glad we did. But what I didn't even realize, you know, so many times you you think you you think of something as a great subject and then you don't realize how it really relates to you until you hear the whole thing, the whole story. How many times I've had to cold pitch as an influencer? And I, I've, and it's funny, I hate doing it. Well, she even said she hates doing it. Yeah. Like, I don't think I anybody, I don't think it's anything natural. I mean, because, well, you know, it's like, it's like the, um, the, the callers, those, those, sales calls yeah. of the 21st century. You know, nobody 
likes doing them. Nobody likes getting them, but you know, sometimes they really make for success. Well, I think, I think it's all about that mindset. Like she was talking about being the person sending the emails, just saying, you know what? They may not open it. It is a numbers game. Yeah. You do have to not taking it personally, think about that funnel, but then also ensuring that your efforts are well spent by taking the time to even pre pre build those relationships. If you can, like she was going into spaces like physical spaces, or maybe you connect with them on Instagram um, to sort of personalize as much Mm -hmm. as you can. Obviously it's a numbers game. There's, you know, you're sending, if you know, if you're sending hundreds of emails, you're going to have to save time, but you know, making sure that you or try to personalize it as much as you can. I thought was really well, it's funny because oh, I even that, like that's what I do with a lot of the brands that I end up working with is like I'll like them on Instagram and I'll follow their stuff and I'll be interacting with them. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes, yes, I am that one that ends up making the overture and saying, hey, I love your stuff, you know, or or like I'll share about it on my own Instagram. It's I, I take it that step beyond and, and, you know, share about it. But sometimes it's actually like because I've made that or- overture already in my social media where I followed them. I like their stuff. I comment. And then because I own a product that they have, or I go to their space or whatever. And I share about that on, on Instagram. Sometimes they end up coming to me. So I don't know if that counts as cold pitching. Cause I'm kind of cold pitching already on what she was talking about on Instagram, you know, building that relationship, you know, like that's kind of what happened with me um, with market street. Um, and Linfields, which is right near you and I live, um, you know, I like them on social media. I'm constantly on their social media page, liking their stuff, commenting, going to their, their events, hanging out there because they have some great, great programs for REL and everything. And then I, you know, share pictures of us, like in just in my stories or in my thing saying, you know, hey, we were at Market Street today and I picked this up and everything. And they actually ended up coming to me for a couple of different mm-hmm. things because they saw that I had taken this, this interest in them. Yeah. And that's happened a couple of times. But then again, there are the brands that like, they might see that I've done, like, there's definitely been those brands that I've reached out to and been like, Hey, I like you on this. I've done all this stuff. And then like, Oh yeah, we have seen you mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, so you are already, I think that's the other thing is taking away that you, you do build that relationship with people. It's it cold pitching doesn't have to be as cold as you think it is, or as random as you think it is. And I think that's what it comes down to. Right. Yeah. So, well, all 100%. right. That was, that was it's that like was what a revelation. Said. Yeah, that's I know I'm, that was I'm just pointing. No, what I, she know, said. I know, but that, well, you're, you're above me. You're pointing <laughs> up at me, but you're actually above me. So I don't know how this is working out. Thank you so much for listening to cocktails and content creation. Make sure to join our Facebook group and content cocktails and content creation community. You can also follow us on Instagram at cocktails and content creation. I'm Kate Andrews and you can follow me on Instagram. I'm going to be posting some fabulous, uh, fall inspired stuff courtesy of jesse wyman in the next couple of weeks and you can see that all at fashionably kate and co and i'm jesse wyman you can follow me on instagram at jesse wyman photos make sure to tune in next time for another episode of cocktails and content creation until then cheers to your next cocktail and happy content creating